I'm Kathleen Anderson, part skeptic, part believer, and your host for The Eclipse. Welcome to my podcast, where I dive into the unknown, seeking truth and hope with a healthy dose of skepticism and humor. Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Eclipse. Oh my gosh, it is 2023. I can't believe it. Man, last year was a crazy fun year. My family, we really, my husband and I were talking about it. 2022 was a really blessed year for us. There was, you know, there's a couple bumps in the road, you know, family members that that got sick and some things of that nature. But overall, we were talking about it. It was just a banner year for us. A big reason why was because we launched this podcast. I gotta say, it's been a blast. We love it. We cannot wait to expand out the podcast this year. We're gonna try and keep up with the publishing ops tempo, if you will, of trying to put out two episodes a week. So make sure you kind of keep an eye on that. Make sure you follow us on Spotify so that you get the new episodes in your queue. We're also gonna try, well, we're not gonna try, we're gonna actually do it. We're going to evolve the podcast to also be video on Rumble and YouTube. So that's super exciting. So keep your eyes peeled for those developments. We'll probably more than likely broadcast or public, you know, advertise that where those channels are on our social media sites. So please, if you could take some time to follow us on Spotify, uh, you can also find all of my episodes on my Substack titled "The Sweet Struggle." So if you go out to that, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe. You get it. You'll get an email notice every time something gets published. And we're also on Twitter. At, at the Eclipse Pod. We have an Instagram account now called The Eclipse Podcast. It's all one word. And we are on Facebook for those of you who apparently are old because Facebook is for old people. <laughs> so you can find us at The Eclipse on Facebook. So we hope you all, you know, had a great holiday season and we hope that you're all excited for what's to come, both for you on a personal level and also for this podcast. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't take some time to thank all of you for supporting us. And we hope that you continue to listen to the podcast and please share it with your friends and family. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the lost city of Atlantis. Yeah, I decided that that's what I wanted to like dive into right after the the holiday break to kind of discuss like it was this an actual real location or was it just a myth or just you know the home of Hottie McHottington Aquaman? Who knows? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of explore that together. So you can't talk about Atlantis without talking about Plato. So Plato, one of my main men, you know, big prolific philosopher and writer. Um, He wrote about Atlantis in his dialogues, Timaeus and Critias, who were politicians. I think it was Critias who actually, I think it's Critias, not Critias. Anyway, Critias, I think is the one that actually talks about Atlantis. In this, in these dialogues, Atlantis is used as an allegory, so like a vehicle or a theme to show kind of, you know, a society that that goes from being enlightened to prideful. You know, Plato describes this island, and like most fantastical things, it was built by a god, built by Poseidon, because he loved a mortal, a mortal woman. I'm going to tell you, like, I'm a pretty awesome lady myself. I wouldn't mind having an island built for me. I'm just saying, just putting it out there. (laughs) Anyway, this island that Poseidon built out of love, had kind of like uh, circular land masses and like a ring formation separated with water. And uh, of course, a big ass, huge golden statue in the middle of, wait for it, Poseidon. (laughs) 
That's super vain. That's super, it's just trashy. But anyway, so Poseidon builds this island because he falls in love with a woman, wants this woman to have this island. And because what do you do when you, when you love somebody and you're a god? You have copious half-man, half-god babies with the woman. So that's your Atlanteans. Um, these were half-men, half-god you know, running around Atlantis. They were self-sufficient, started out that way. They were super enlightened, according to Plato, which I don't know why back then, like any, every every culture was considered like, oh, we started off enlightened and then we turned to shit. And I don't really think that's quite accurate if you look at history. But anyway, the enlightened Atlanteans got prideful and decided to attack Athens, which Athens is a real place. Uh, in case you're terrible at geography and live in Iraq, Athens is in Greece and was just beloved by Plato. And so obviously Athens wins and Atlantis is swallowed up by the sea, as most things are back in the day when they lose major wars. <laughs> so Plato wrote this in three around 360 BC. That's a long ass time ago in case you were wondering. But even crazier, he claims that Atlantis existed 9,000 years prior. So that's 9,000 years prior to 360 BC. So how did he know about Atlantis? Well, like how everybody knew about things back then, through word of mouth. It's kind of how stories were, were told. And so that is, you know, the, the, the birth of how we know about Atlantis, which, you know, the story really follows a lot of platonic themes, like things that Plato was really into. You know, they have this divinity versus humanity, you know, these half gods, you know, trying to war against, you know, the humans in Athens. And of course, like they lose, you know, he talks a lot about ideal societies and kind of the the natural gradual corruption of society. And so it's a it's a pretty textbook Plato story. Really, you can also, you know, while this is kind of the beginning of where you hear about Atlantis, he's the the lost city of Atlantis shows up in other writings as well. Probably most notably Thomas More's Utopia. So where is it? So according to Plato, it is beyond the Pillars of Hercules, which is the Strait of Gibraltar, which is a real place. So the Strait of Gibraltar is the area of water between Europe and Africa. So think, you know, like you got Spain. And then you go across the Strait of Gibraltar and you got Morocco. He actually wrote what he what he specifically wrote was for the ocean. There was at that time navigable for in front of the mouth, which you Greeks call, as you say, the pillars of Heracles. There lay an island which was larger than Libya and Asia together. So that's pretty crazy. Now, if you look, if you look at a map now, this, this excerpt kind of doesn't make any sense because Libya is in Africa and then you, you got a couple countries between Libya and Asia. But you got again, you got to remember 360 BC. That's not how the map looked. Libya was freaking huge and was directly attached to the Middle East, which was largely Asia, right? So Libya, what you know, had kind of swallowed up Egypt and all those other countries in between it and Asia. So then it kind of makes sense. So think about that, though, for a second. That's huge. That's a big-ass piece of land. Like, even though the map looked different, that's huge. That's still, that's considerably larger than the area between Spain and Morocco, even for back then. So just keep that in mind. Kind of seems to me like Plato might have had some of the same like, spatial recognition problems that I do. I have no concept of like, if you're like, oh, it's like five feet away. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> so that's allegedly where it was. It was in the Strait of, Strait of Gibraltar, 
or beyond, really. So it wasn't there. It was just beyond the Strait of Gibraltar, and it was huge. Now, others claim that the island, that Atlantis is in the Bermuda Triangle, and a big reason why, of course, one, all the weird shit that happens in the Bermuda Triangle, which I touch on in one of my earlier episodes, I think episode two. So the argument is that the reason why there's all these missing aircraft and boats and things is because of the crystals, the Atlantean crystals that are under the water, which I'll talk about crystals here in a minute. The other reason why some people say it's located in the Bermuda Triangle is because there were under the water off the coast of Bimini, these streets, like perfectly formed streets and walls. Uh, on the seabed floor, which is pretty weird, I guess, but not really when you think about the location. There's There was another theory that Atlantis is actually frozen beneath Antarctica. That's weird, right? Antarctica's way down south. Um, but the idea is, is that like tectonic shifts, so like the plates on the planet shifted Atlantis, which explain, which would explain, I guess, why it's submerged underwater and then moved it under Antarctica, I guess. It's kind of strange. And then there's others that say that it's actually Crete and Santorini, which back then Santorini would have been called Thera. Now, this one's an interesting theory. The reason why some people think that is because about 4,000 years ago in this area of Crete and Santorini, there were the there was this culture called the Minoans, and they, they were, you know, pretty advanced. They were pretty cultured, pretty enlightened people, and then just like, poof. They disappear from the face of the earth. And still there's others that think that Atlantis uh, might be located near the Azores, which I kind of love this one because I lived in the Azores for 15 months. And the Azores are this collection of islands that my boss at the time when I got the assignment to go to the Azores was like, yeah, it's just off the coast of Portugal. It's not off the friggin' coast of Portugal. It's in the middle of the damn ocean. But they are owned by Portugal. So that's those are some of the theories as to where the lost city of Atlantis is or even like where it was and then where it ended up. Still, there's other theories. So there's an alien connection, obviously, because aliens are awesome. And anytime something seems otherworldly or like unknown, you got to connect it to aliens. So the idea is, is that the Atlanteans themselves were aliens. And this is a very detailed theory. The, the thought is that these aliens were from the, the Lyria star system. So they're Lyrians, not Atlanteans. Uh, they were apparently very tall and very fair skinned. And they could live to the age of 800. So that's kind of interesting. I kind of can see, I guess, where there could be a, you know, the thought process of this. Like if the Minoans just up and poofed, maybe the, maybe the Minoans were really the Lyrians, I guess, and just like got in their spaceship and left Earth, um, which are song lyrics from a little Wayne song, <laughs> interestingly enough. And now that we can kind of dive into the crystal connection because you can't really like I feel like if you're going to talk about the Atlanteans being aliens you also have to talk about this the this Atlantean crystals so many that are in the alien camp also are in the crystal camp and believe that the island was powered by crystals that had special energy so there was like a type of fuel if you will And the idea is also that these crystals are kind of like a fountain of youth, like a crystallized version of the fountain of youth. So again, like live until until you're 800, I guess, if you, you know, you got these crystals that are like the fountain of youth, that could happen. What I think is actually more interesting is this idea that the crystals 
powered their, uh, not just the island, but their crafts. So like their land, air, and sea craft. And that they were faster than sound. And that's pretty, that's pretty advanced for back then, right? And that's, you know, you're talking about these air, these, not just aircraft, these vehicles that can transverse between land, air, and sea. Well, now you're talking about transmedium, which is really something that just recently started getting talked about with the unidentified aerial phenomena reports from the Pentagon. This idea that some of our Navy fighter pilots are witnessing unidentified, you know, aircraft that, you know, are zipping around in the sky and then all of a sudden like dive into the water or vice versa, these aircraft that dive up out of the water. So you've got that. So these, you've got these energy crystals that fuel the island and fuel their vehicles. And that also are like a fountain of youth that they like heal. So the idea of crystals healing is not specific just to the Atlantis myth. There's a lot of people that buy into crystal healing. It's kind of tied into the whole chakra thing. You know, you've got famous people like Katy Perry and Kate Hudson. Um, What's her name? Adele is really into it. So that's just kind of an interesting side note. Like the idea of crystals healing isn't just regulated to people who believe that Atlantis was real. So that's a lot to take in, right? So what are my thoughts? Um, I actually think is that this is possible. Not all of it, but I do think it is possible that there was a city that was that's lost and was possibly swallowed up by the water. And I say this for lots of reasons, but probably the main reason is that, you know, I think we forget, especially if you're somebody like me that like likes a lot of UFO stuff, we forget that only 5% of the ocean has been explored. That's not a lot of water that we've explored. I mean, there's all sorts of weird shit in our oceans that we don't even know about. And I'm going to be honest, I kind of think it's scary because I, like, you, you got to think there's probably some monsters down there. I feel like there's got to be. <laughs> but I think it's certainly possible that there was a lost island. And I think it's possible there's numerous ones, to be honest. I mean, why not? And I mean, archaeologists have even come out recently and said that there. Like there is some evidence to suggest that our concept or knowledge that we have been kind of hanging our hat on on when civilized cultures came about might not be all that accurate because, you know, we know that there were mass floods and major meteorological events that happened in Earth's history. You know, who? why not think that maybe there was an advanced civilization that, you know, I don't think it got swallowed up by the water because Athens kicked its ass, but, you know, you know, some meteorological event just swallowed it up. I think it could happen. Plato used both myth and real history to weave his his tales, his lessons. So that's really hard to say because I mean he did like he took liberties. So so he's not necessarily like the best candidate to say like oh yeah he never made shit up. Eh, I don't know about that. Was it built by Poseidon? No, I don't think so. I don't believe in those gods. So that's just me. Other people do, and I think that's fine. Um, I do not. Where, so where could it be? So, I mean, I think it's probably near Europe. Just because if you if you think about the story, if you follow Plato's version, it would make sense. I think it could be near the Azores or between Europe and the Azores. I think that's definitely possible. Uh, I hope it's not under Antarctica because that sounds very much like the thing like it, it, i feel like anything under antarctica is always bad right that one x-files movie it's pretty like i think all the people with the black sludge were under antarctica um that one terrible aliens versus predator movie 
the, sh- the ship was under Antarctica and that one chick was just wearing like a Columbia jacket while she's trying to kill the alien. Awful movie. The Thing with Kurt Russell, who's, a you know, amazing, but as we've talked about. So I, I don't, and I don't think, I think it's unlikely. I think the Antarctica theory is unlikely. Bermuda Triangle? I don't know. Maybe. I think it's more likely that it's near Europe. I don't know why it would have been in the Bermuda Triangle. So I'm going for Europe. Now, do I think that the Atlanteans were aliens? You know, maybe. We kind of talked about the Minoans, right? The Minoans we know existed, and then they just like poof, vanish. And maybe that's why they disappeared. Maybe, maybe something happened to the Minoans. And, or maybe if they were aliens, they got bored of this place and bounced. They were like, all right, well, I'm gonna, as little Wayne would say, get my spaceship and leave Earth, so to speak. The size and age thing is kind of weird, but that would explain like the godlike qualities, right? If people, like if the ancient Athenians knew about these super tall beings that kind of looked like them and lived for a really long time, instead of calling them aliens, you would call them half man, half God, right? You'd you know equate it to to something divine. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I'll I, my I can open my mind enough to put a put a maybe in that one. Was it powered by crystals? No, I don't think so. I've kind of talked about this before in the Bermuda Triangle episode. That sounds too much like Wakanda. It's, it seems kind of dumb. I don't necessarily think that crystals having healing properties is dumb, though. There's, if you kind of read into it, there is some argument out there in the psychology world that there is a psychological effect to believing that holding onto a crystal or wearing a crystal can heal, Uh, especially when it comes to things like give you strength or courage, right? Um, Which I think that's normal. I think it was... I equate it kind of, I think it was President Nixon who had a fear of public speaking. I don't know, it might not have been Nixon, but one of them, one of the presidents had a fear of public speaking and would hold on to a paperclip and he, he would believe kind of that all of his nervous energy he would channel into the paperclip and then he could give his speech, which is pretty brilliant, right? It's kind of, you know, and that's not new age. That's very, you know, you, you try and control an emotion. So it's kind of the same idea with the crystals, I think. So bottom line, I think it's possible that there was a lost city and that it's under the ocean somewhere and that we just haven't found it. I think it would be near Europe. I think that there is a very brief, like, shaky maybe that they could be aliens. (laughs) Oh, I got to always end it on aliens. Thank you for listening. Please continue to follow us on Spotify. Please also leave a rating, preferably five stars. This helps support our endeavor by making sure our podcast shows up on general searches more often, which could help us to get more advertisers. Stay tuned for the next episode where I will discuss the sticky politics and cultural divide within the world of ufology. Thank you again for listening, and please take the time to follow me on Substack. I publish my podcasts and all my writings on my Substack titled The Sweet Struggle. You can also find me on Twitter at, at @mohawkmoderate and swing by thepoliticalinsider.com to read my articles and those of my other highly talented fellow writers. My name is Kathleen Anderson and you've been listening to The Eclipse. <laughs>